Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. So, Riley, you had an exciting weekend, spring break time. Yeah. Week. Spring break. You, sure. You go party on a, a shore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what you do, right? <laughs> party a, on a shore. A shore. Some sort of shore of a, yeah. of a body of water. Uh-huh. Yes. Um... Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I went to... <laughs> sort of. Does the reflecting pool count? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I guess technically I was near a body of water. Okay. Um, Were you partying, though? Not necessarily. Not... I wouldn't... I was just with mom and dad, so... <laughs> hey, that can be a party. Yeah. I was going to say, are you trying to insinuate mom and dad don't know how to party? No, they know how to party. <laughs> um, they also know how to get in bed by 9.30, so... Mm. Yeah, they sure do. Yeah. That's the best kind of party. Yeah, to be fair, I was getting in bed by about the same time, though. Um, What's yeah. up with you all? I went to D.C., because that's where I'm going to law school, so we went to go look for apartments, because I realized I graduate at the end of April. We do... Uh, I'm booked all June for community theater, and then hopefully I'll be studying abroad by July if if things continue going the way they're going. And then I'll start school two weeks later. So I was like, well, it's either now or never. I find an apartment, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, you got to live somewhere. I got to live somewhere. Um, Yeah. So that's what we went to do. Obviously, we also had fun in D.C. besides just looking at apartments. Mm -hmm. Um, A bit of a a bit of a party. You're there for St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. We went to um, just a... We tried to get into like some sort of Irish restaurant or pub. But then we realized, like, well, it's the day of St. Patrick's Day and we're trying to make a reservation at an Irish <laughs> pub in D.C. This, is not, this isn't going to work. I feel like even if you could have gotten in, you probably wouldn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, everything was super crowded. Uh, I mean, the place we went wasn't just because it wasn't like an Irish place, so it wasn't necessarily like a hot spot for St. Patrick's Day. There was a good amount of people like at their bar, um, but back where we were sitting, just having some drinks, having some apps, it's pretty pretty chill. You get, you I, get a green beverage of some kind? I didn't. Ah. I didn't. You know, I almost did, and then uh, I was realized that the green beer was just like a basic like Bud Light or something like that with just like green dye in it. Yeah, he's like, I don't really know if I want to do that to myself. Okay, you would know. Do they ever dye the good stuff green, or do they just stick with? Okay, <laughs> the look on your yeah. face and stuff. Like, no, <laughs> no, because I think like you know the the kind of people that want to drink green beer, uh, and then the kind of people that don't really care what that beer is. I think are, those are all the same the same yeah. people. Like if you have discerning beer taste, you're also going to be offended if it's been dyed green. Yeah. I gotta say, though, I was so intrigued. The same restaurant, they brought, um, it looked like a big blender. Like, it was about that size, but it had, like, a tap on it. It was plastic, and it said Bud Light on it. But it was full of beer, and they brought it to the table for two guys, and they just gave them two glasses, and the guys could just, you know, go back and forth. Like, they finish a glass, just fill it back up of their big blender tub they have sitting at their table. And in my head, I was like, well, I don't like that beer, but I do want that. I do I like want a convenience. Yeah, I do want a big picture of something that I could use a little spout to continue to fill up in my uh, in my own glass. Yeah, it seems that, fun. Do you think that's worth it as the server? Like, obviously, that's a lot fewer trips back and forth to a table. But are like, do you think those people will tip well? Mm. I mean, I, that's the question. That's like if you get a if you get a bottle of wine, it's the same amount of work really as 
Well, in, in a lot of ways, it's a, it's less work. If I'm going to give you a full bottle mm-hmm. of wine versus opening it and pouring it for you, it's less work. But I still expect you to tip me on the cost of that full bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that that's the thing is like you got to do that math in your head. Like how much would I have been tipping right. per drink, you know, in that yeah. situation? And then this isn't one. <laughs> a bottle of wine is not one drink, ho- hopefully. Well, that's I, I think at that point you just tip on the percentage, you know, yeah, 20, 25 percent of whatever your bill is. If you are ordering anything other than like a dollar for a beer is fine. But anything other than that, I think you just go percentage. Yeah. Even like a dollar for like a $16 cocktail. I'm always like, eh, is that I did a lot of work there. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, that's what I pretty much did. I just worked my way through the, the fancy cocktail menus at at every uh, restaurant mm, not nice. like entirely through obviously i had like <laughs> you know maybe two but i had something different every time sounds like a lovely weekend you got it you got yeah. a home and you got some cocktails yeah it was very nice and you know i ate so much but we were walking so much i was able to just keep eating all of the food because i just stayed hungry because we were walking all over the place it was great we That's don't you don't usually get that in huntington you don't walk anywhere here that's the magic of city living. You just, mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we have such a good food scene in New York. It's just you're hungry all the time because you're walking everywhere. So exactly. You just stop and eat. Keep walking. Stop and eat. Keep walking. <laughs> there were just so many food places I wanted to eat and so many different things on the menu I wanted to try. I was like, well, you know what? We've walked 17 miles over the last three days. I'm nice. just going to keep eating because I'm always hungry now. Yeah, that mall is bigger than you remember every time. It's a big mall. Yeah, every time I remember like this place, this, this is a big mall. I forget how big it is until I'm walking it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. My feet hurt. And then, like, you try to look up, like, how far is this little restaurant from the mall? And then you realize you accidentally looked up how far it was from one end and not mm. the other end. And then you're on the other end. It's like, oh, that's a full other, like, 25 minutes to get from this end to that end. And mm-hmm. then it's a 15-minute walk from there to that. Okay, well, guess we're just walking for the next 45 minutes. But at least it was lovely weather. It was. S- spring is here. I did get sunburned. Is this spring today? Tomorrow. I think tomorrow, the 21st, right? Tomorrow is spring. It is still winter. Well, until my tomorrow, skin, my skin <laughs> would beg tomorrow. to differ. <laughs> it, it, I, I like how that there's that exact moment. Right. We, can, we humans like to... It's spring. Yeah, now it is. Yeah. Now it will be spring tomorrow. Um, well, that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a good transition um, for this week. I have... Hold on. Wait. I have no doubt that uh, it's just going to be a great time that we're going to have oh. to continue talking to each other Love this that. week. Because <laughs> I had a great time this week and week. And I have no doubt that it's going to be a great time the rest of the day today. Uh, well, we, we got it the first time you did that. Okay. No doubt. Nope. No doubt is what we're talking about. <laughs> the man, no doubt. <laughs> Specifically, I thought it would be best to focus in on the album that I feel like was a huge, I mean, I, I, not just, I feel like it was, it was a huge deal. Um, yes. when it came out in 1995, I had to double check. Yes. What, October of 95. You didn't tell me that there was a song in this album that was like the, the key mo- song of every like rom-com, like teen movie of like the late nineties, early two thousands. Just a Girl was in, like, every yeah. movie I watched oh, yeah. from that time period. As soon as it came on, I was like, well, hold on. This movie's, or this song's in, like, every movie. Did no you, one told me this. And you didn't know it was No Doubt? No. I had no idea. 
But it what? like I can just imagine every like opening mm-hmm. sequence of every late nineties, early two thousands, like teen, young adult, whatever rom com movie mm-hmm. just playing with that song in the background. And getting ready for school, you know. Well, I mean you can imagine this album came out I was twelve, going on thirteen. And it was like Yes. <laughs> yes. My, yes. <laughs> this music is for me. <laughs> Uh, we're talking about Tragic Kingdom. I should have clarified yeah. that. Yes. That is the album that, that I, I feel like defined a big part of my personal <laughs> teenage experience was this album and my adoration of Gwen Stefani. Um, yeah. Everything about the music and the lyrics and then her style. I was, I mean, and I, I mean, a lot of people were obsessed with that. Um, it's funny, I remember you loving this, I mean, I enjoyed this album too, but I was a little young when it came out, and I remember thinking that it was so, like, controversial, and, uh, because it was, it was against Disney. Yep. (laughs) I listened to the song Tragic Kingdom so many times, because I was like, I cannot believe she is taking shots (laughs) at Walt Disney. She's singing about his cryogenically frozen head, this is, this is heavy. Did you realize? I did not know that, actually. His tears are frozen stiff bicycles drip from his eyes. <laughs> it's about the cryogenically oh frozen gosh. head of Walt Disney. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. Yes. This is like confirmed? This is canon? Oh yeah. Uh, do we? <laughs> or are we just... Are no, there's, there's, we there is no way just, that's not... It's called the, the song is about Disney. It's called Tragic Kingdom. And it... The, I mean, that. what else would that be about? Um, well, you know, I I think that it is. I mean, I always thought that it was. I always thought it was a reference directly to the fact that it is, well, we have no evidence that his head is cryogenically frozen. A lot of people think that. I am not yeah. saying that I necessarily believe that. <laughs> I am just saying that other people do. And that was the reference I assumed she was making. Um, by the way, the movie I couldn't think of that I was trying to figure out was Clueless, which came out the same year this song came out. Mm. Just a Girl was in the opening sequence of that movie, which makes so much sense. Uh, it also includes the line, the parade that's electrical serves no real purpose, just takes up a lot of juice just to impress us. <laughs> now, that <laughs> does sound like Disney. Well, it's right? well, no, about it Disney. Yeah. yeah, it's all about Disney. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is this canon? This is confirmed. Because yeah. I asked, and then you started laughing and said, "Well, are we just making this up?" Well, no, the frozen head of Disney. I don't. We did not confirm that okay. part. But. Okay. I mean, I don't know what else would it. Why else would it that be the way that they describe Walt Disney? I. I mean, I think it is. I guess. Well, yeah. I think it's. Sense. I don't think this is a. This is up for interpretation. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, and I, I, I did not think this is where the conversation of this album was going to be going. Sorry. I'm enjoying it. I went straight the, uh, to cryogenically frozen head. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and I think it's, I think it's interesting because it's such a different, um, like, our view of Disney now, especially among, like, if you think about teenagers and young adults, mm-hmm. the way that they feel about Disney World and Disney is, like, 180 degrees from where this was. Yeah. Oh, man. How many, how many, like, teenage millennials that dug Tragic Kingdom are now Disney adults, do you think? Oh, I mean, what's that Venn diagram look like? I, it'd be interesting to know because it really, at the time, it was like, I'm not part of that corporate sellout, 
fake magic BS. I wouldn't go to Disney World. Nuh-uh. That's fake. That's not real. That's not real. I mean, it really was. Like, no way. I would never be part of that. And that is not... I mean, that's not where we are anymore. I do think it's funny, though, that now people... Maybe the same people that were big into this album, I don't know, um, will critique, like, Disney in terms of, like, Disney media. Mm -hmm. Like you know profiting off young kids or like you know the careers they make for all these young teens that sign on to do like disney tv shows and original movies and stuff but they go hard for disney world and disneyland oh yeah it's like they treat them as like two separate entities Mm -hmm. which like i mean they are the same but i guess in the sense that like the the way in which we consume them is very different but Mm -hmm. it, it is very interesting to me how hard a lot of those millennials go for the parts well and and it is i mean like justin I don't want to say he's obsessed with Disney World. He does sometimes. He's pretty into he, Disney He does World. sometimes call himself Mr. Disney. Um, <laughs> but uh, the Mr. Disney. <laughs> he's gonna. I, I I think I know a very specific frozen head that's gonna have a problem with that. Time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but he does not feel that way about like I mean like he not that he doesn't enjoy some Disney films of course he does but like it is not about the whole Disney. Yeah. Thing it's about the place Disney world in Orlando, Florida. Like that is the thing that he is specifically Epcot, but he really likes Epcot. I'm looking at a, I'm looking at a plastic spaceship earth Mm -hmm. right behind your head in his recording office. He's fascinated by the fact that Epcot was supposed to be an experimental city. Like that's what Walt Disney wanted. Pretty cool. was like some sort of city of futuristic city Mm -hmm. where people would live Mm -hmm. and then you could go visit to see this like idealized form of human existence well and now we're we're coming full circle on that because they're opening those disney neighborhoods right yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you think that's where justin wants to move no (laughs) do you think one day justin's gonna come home like sid it's time he doesn't want (laughs) to move there because he knows he'd be moving without me (laughs) he would miss me too much he has weighed giving up his entire family yeah, <laughs> I think even Charlie and Cooper would be like, I don't know, Dad. It's a lot of Disney. I don't know. That's a lot. This is, we like some other stuff too. <laughs> um, other than Tragic Kingdom, yeah. <laughs> uh, what was cool about this album, and like it felt very much like Gwen Stefani's voice at the time to me, which made sense because I was reading about it and that she wrote the lyrics like. It is her voice, Mm -hmm. which was a big departure and no doubt got a lot of criticism for selling out because they said this album was so different than previous albums they'd released. Mm -hmm. But it was because this was the first time she had taken the lead Mm -hmm. on that because their their keyboardist uh, quit after this. Interesting. And he was the one who wrote all the songs previously. Mm -hmm. So it was just a different voice behind it, which is why it sounds so different. And they were like, see, we're not selling because that was a big deal back then. Didn't want to be a poser, didn't want to be a sellout. Right. Right. If you change if you change your music to make it more digestible to, you know, lowest common denominator, then you're a sellout. Josie and the Pussycats. Mm-hmm. There you go. So they weren't sellouts. It was just Gwen Stefani's voice. And it to, and which says something because they switched to to her taking the lead on that and yeah. it took I mean it it was huge. Well uh, how long after this did she sort of like Beyonce? Like, become Gwen Stefani. 
That's a good question. I don't, I mean. I feel like that's just the term, like the verb we use now is like to Beyonce is to like be a part of a group and then you're the one that has a successful solo career. I feel like it was a while because they released a couple of albums after that that didn't hit quite as big. Mm -hmm. And her, I mean, I I might be mistaken, but her breakout was that, uh, that, uh, what you waiting for a song, right? Like that was her first kind of big solo hit. Was it? Because it was fairly early 2000s that I remember listening to Gwen Stefani as Gwen Stefani. Um, I mean, obviously not super early 2000s, but probably, I don't know. Well, I guess later, early into the 2010s, I guess is probably what I'm thinking, like 2008, 2009, 2004. Okay. Mm. That was when she released her, her first solo album, Love, Angel, Music, Baby. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Lamb. <laughs> They're all with a period. Lamb. They're all with a period. Yeah. Love, period, angel, period. Yes, we. Uh, <laughs> Lamb. Yeah. Well, yeah, because there was had, a, like a perfume and there was a clothing line, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It had oh, What You Waiting For, Rich Girl, and of course. Rich Girl. Hollaback Girl. Right. Oh, yes. Okay. B A N A N A S. Which was. Everyone had to spell bananas. Maybe written as a, a response to Courtney Love. Maybe. Oh, really? Yeah, Courtney Love made some comment comparing Gwen Stefani to a cheerleader. Like, oh, like one of the cool kids in high school. And like, you know, Courtney Love's, I don't know, a cool punk that's an outsider. And the Hollaback girl is referring to a cheerleader, you know, mm-hmm. call and response. And so that's why she wrote Hollaback Girl is kind of an, oh. an F you to Courtney Love. You could make an entire album of songs that are maybe like send-ups of Courtney Love actually aside yeah, how long has she been like coming at young female artists oh, because just, like not just young women it's lots well of people, yeah yeah just anybody because Olivia since... Rodrigo just like literally last year in 2021 was being attacked by Courtney Love in the media that's that Courtney Love's kind of brand yeah you haven't made it Ever in the since... music world of Courtney Love has it's just <laughs> disparaging you know, about you you know she had a band Hole. Yes. Okay. okay. Right. I did know that. Where are we at? Yes. Where are we at here? Yeah. There's this other okay, well, band, Nirvana. I knew Nirvana. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. And Courtney Love right. were together. We're together. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I I have this knowledge. Well, no, it's okay. It's a, the know. only. I was not alive. Um. Right. No, right. It was before you. I really just I had no idea that Gwen Stefani was in a band before she was Gwen Stefani that's so that right. was this, this was not something I was like oh I guess I knew that like but I just hadn't really I had no idea I heard these songs didn't know it was Gwen Stefani singing them the Gwen Stefani I loved was the no doubt Gwen Stefani like I I enjoyed some of her solo career like I could it's totally listenable mm-hmm. but what defined some of my worldview was especially Tragic Kingdom yeah um and a lot of the album is written about another member of the band mm-hmm. that had just broken up with her after like a seven-year relationship so that's the tension in the album is her writing these songs at her ex who's standing there playing the songs with her ex who's still in the band yeah tony what was his last name i don't know if that's all like really he's the bassist okay is it like deeply messed up or is it like you must have a really healthy breakup if you can stay in a band together and sing these songs? I know to my teenage brain, that was just like the most scandalous idea. Like, how could mm-hmm. you? How could you? Like, it, Yeah, I guess as an adult, I'm thinking like, well, they probably both, you know, like liked this job and 
wanted to keep making music and making money so maybe they both just came to some sort of like mutual agreement like we'll keep doing this it's fine. i mean uh, if fleetwood mac figured it out that's true and a guy kind of like philosophy. wait like well it sucks that i'm gonna have to play all these songs that are angry at me but they also really rule so all right as long as they're yeah. good songs about how much i suck that's fine <laughs> But like a lot of so like don't speak was the one everybody knew. Yes, like everybody knew this was like oh my gosh she is singing the, which is an amazing song. It's an excellent song. I'm assuming you'd probably heard it before. Yes, don't speak and just a girl were the two songs off this album that I had heard before. Some of the others maybe sounded familiar, but those two I like knew the words mm. had heard them before. And that one was you know obviously to, about him. Yeah, but like other ones were like uh, Sunday morning was about when he broke up with her happy now that's an intense one i was listening to him and i was thinking about like that is an intense angry break song that you're singing standing two feet from him (laughs) oh man see i didn't know that gives me a whole new perspective Mm -hmm. now thinking about these songs i really like sunday morning though Mm -hmm. that one was one of the ones i listened to and and wanted to go back and listen to again i really enjoyed that one it was a single so there are a ton of singles just a girl was a single Mm -hmm. spider webs Spiderwebs was huge. Spiderwebs yeah. is great. Don't speak, of course. Excuse me, Mister. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunday morning, happy now, and hey you. Mm-hmm. Man, albums used to have a lot more singles than they do now. I mean, I guess yeah. it was a bigger deal because you needed to sell like the physical album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I guess that makes sense. Um, wow, that's a lot. Yeah, and, and they like were half being, the songs on the album, and they were being released as music videos and as. Um, oh. Radio, like you were releasing them as singles on the radio too, periodically to boost boost sales yeah. of the album, which is it's a different way of consuming them, you know, yeah. than it, than it would have been than it is now, where you can just listen to the whole thing streaming. So, like the idea of pushing a song on the radio wouldn't matter, right? You know, as much now. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I want to talk about some of the other songs and the uh, about some of the visuals with those two, but before we do that, let's check the group message. I'm hungry. Oh, me too. Uh, I'm I'm very hungry, and I do not feel like making anything. I'm just not up to it right now. I'm tired. It's been a long spring break week. I've had both the kids home, and I want some yummy food from my favorite local place delivered to me without having to leave, and I don't want to cook. So who do I call? Well, I don't call anybody. I pick up my phone, and I open an app Yeah, called DoorDash. That's the best part. You don't have to call anybody. Don't call DoorDash. No, don't call DoorDash. I mean, you could, like, but you don't need to. You can just click on the app. You can look for wherever your favorite local place is. Uh, Choose what you want to eat, you know, pass it around. Let the whole family pick their favorite food, uh, your treats, whatever you need. And they will drop it off safely, contactless uh, delivery right outside your door. Um, It's so quick, convenient. It's easy. Uh, a lot of uh, your favorite local places, even if um, it's crowded or busy or you just don't feel like putting on pants today, you can order food through the DoorDash app straight from them so you can eat at home, whatever whatever your favorite thing is. And even if it's not like a food thing, if you need something from a convenience store or something, DoorDash has you covered there too. Um, we use DoorDash frequently, frequently, frequently in this house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a go-to when we're traveling. Uh, you can try great local places on DoorDash even when you're out of town. So... 
Uh, Tay, if our listeners want to check out DoorDash, what should they do? Well, right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more and zero delivery fees for the first month when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BUFFERING. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees for a month when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BUFFERING. Don't forget, that's code BUFFERING for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. So, I live with three other people, and we all share a shower. And the other day, one of my roommates came downstairs and said, I don't know whose shampoo that is up there, but I borrowed it, and my hair smells great. And I said, well, did the bottle have my name on it? And she <laughs> laughed and thought I was kidding, like, haha, yeah, it had your name on it. And I was like, no, literally, did it have my name on it? And that's because I use Function of Beauty. And Function of Beauty is the world's first fully customizable hair care, creating individually filled uh, shampoos, conditioner, styling, and treatment formulas based on your hair now and where you want it to go. So I have a fully customized shampoo and conditioner set from Function of Beauty. And when I ordered it and they sent me the bottles, it says Function of Riley on them. So my name is literally on my shampoo and conditioner. Uh, and even my roommates that are secretly stealing my products are loving them. But the beauty of it is they're not made for them. They're made for me. Because they offer over 54 trillion possible formulations and every single one of them is vegan and cruelty-free, and they never use sulfates or parabens. It's super simple to get your uh, own personalized Function of Beauty products. All you have to do is head over to Function of Beauty. You take their quick hair quiz to build your hair profile and select five hair goals. Some ones I use are ones like lengthen, volumize, oil control, but there are lots of options. Uh, next, you choose your color and fragrance, or you can do go dye and fragrance-free. So mine are both purple, and I use a lavender scent. I like, you know, coordinating my colors with my scents, so that makes sense to me. Um, but if you're someone who doesn't like fragrances or dyes or anything like that in your products, you also can just go without both. So, Tay, if our listeners want to check out Function of Beauty, what should they do? Well, say goodbye to generic hair care for good today. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash buffering to take your hair goals quiz and you'll save 25% on your first order. Once again, go to functionofbeauty.com slash buffering to let them know you heard it from our show and get 25% off your first order. That's functionofbeauty.com slash buffering to take your hair quiz and save 25% on your first order. So um, one of the things that was, I think, iconic about this album was like some of the imagery, um, even like the the cover of the the album with the oranges that -hmm. was always a big thing Mm -hmm. i guess because they're from orange county oh okay but oranges were like a big part of it (laughs) and that uh and that red dress that she's wearing that was like later donated to the rock and roll or to the hard rock cafe Mm -hmm. or something like it was like iconic but um the video that w- that accompanied... Did you watch the music video for Don't Speak? Have you ever seen that? I did not. I've not seen it. Yeah, I didn't figure. Well, like, why, I, why would you? My issue is that I forget music... <laughs> this is going to sound so awful, and I promise I'm not exaggerating. I really mean this. I forget music videos are a thing just because they're so rare when artists will come out with them now. It's like just for a few songs off the album, and it's usually after the fact. It's not like as soon as they've come out. Um or it's like, you know, some sometime after they've come out. So I just forget to look for music videos because most of the time I assume they don't exist for current music. So the Don't Speak music video, it, it is not about their relationship. Like the two, like Gwen Stefani and, and Tony Canal, whatever, mm-hmm. Canal, Canal, anyway. It's not, <laughs> I don't know how you say his last name. It It is not about them. They make it more, it looks like it's about the band. Mm-hmm. Like the theme of it is she's 
posing for all these pictures like like she is on the cover basically like holding an orange Uh looking gorgeous and she's with the band and then the photographers are sort of like pushing the band to the side and just taking pictures of her and like she's the star Mm -hmm. and the rest of them are sort of looking at her like all ticked off Mm -hmm. and so they make it about tension between her and the rest of the band as opposed to tension between the two of them okay which was this whole other i remember watching that and thinking like is that what's going on (laughs) (laughs) but i mean i feel like there was a certain amount of truth to that though because that was i was surprised looking at reviews for the album when it came out how many i mean well i guess that's not surprising because it's just some good old misogyny but it's like yeah this is people like this because there's a hot blonde at the lead like that's Mm -hmm just the power of having a hot chick in, in the front of your band that's why mm-hmm. people like this you know very reductive of their entire performance right she she was referred to in several reviews as blondie-esque which i assume they are referring to the artist blondie yeah it, is it because they're both blonde well that's what yeah. I'm, I'm wondering like would you connect her to blondie otherwise i i don't even see how like 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 blondie was I don't know, like punk and glamour, and Gwen Stefani is like Scott sporty. <laughs> yeah. So I know, but like, I think it's because they're both blonde. 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 <laughs> That's it. I, they're blonde. They're women. Yeah. They sing. They're musical performers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Conventionally attractive. So there we go. No, but the, um, this was, this was sort of like a, was this like the start of ska coming back in the 90s? Was this when ska became a thing? Um, this is when ska became a mainstream thing. This caused a lot of like record labels to seek out ska bands and sign them. Because, um, <laughs> you know, it was sort of a, a commercial, like, shiny ska. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was curious. I was looking at their, their info and it showed they were active from like the 90s to 2004. But then again, it showed they were active from 2009 to 2015. So did they have like a, they have a comeback? They have like a a moment again? You know, they very well could have. And I just didn't know because by then I was an old person. I don't know. Well, it seems to be the trend for a lot of these bands we've talked about, though, that you all listened to in your youth or your your teen years, your young adulthood, is that they were, you know, their peak popularity, original popularity in the late 90s, early 2000s. And then they weren't together anymore, weren't making music. And then at some point, like five to ten years later they started making music again yeah uh i think bands just plan for it now like their second wave where you know you 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 have young fans that are like you're you're the moment you're the big thing and then you just plan on well okay in about 15 years our audience is going to be old and like sad and nostalgic uh-huh. and then, then we can come back <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean that's what it, it looks like they just did the one like they from 1992 to 2001 with 95 being the release of Tragic Kingdom and that was their big, you know, their mm-hmm. big moment. And then in 2012 they released Push and Shove. Mhm. And that was it. Wow. Which so I don't I do not remember Push and Shove. Came back for a second. They had Settle Down was their big single. Mm-hmm. Do not remember that. See, I just assumed that Gwen Stefani had just kept being Gwen Stefani. You know. Well, I mean, I I think she does continue to be Gwen Stefani. Well, yeah, <laughs> to this day, I mean, like, yeah, right now, currently, but <laughs> to this, but to this, did not revert day. back to band. Um, 
the by the way the the person who um the, the who was the keyboardist who quit i should have mentioned this was eric stefani her brother brother, brother. yeah oh yeah sibling rivalry i don't know if it was as much that from what i read he was just the sort of person who like he wanted to write songs and then like go back to his room he didn't he didn't want to go on tour he didn't want to be famous he was like you know in in it for the music Mm -hmm. he was like real man yeah he was in it for the music not a sellout not for the money not for the fans well he he went on from there to work as an animator right Normal Simpsons. Yeah. What? So, I don't know. That, you know, that little indie production that you totally not <laughs> sell out to work out. <laughs> Super underground DIY animated show called The Simpsons. Called The Simpsons. You may, you may not have heard of it. It's, it's really something that just those of us who are kind of like in the know. Yeah. I've never heard about. of it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure you haven't seen it. Wow. Well, whatever. What I definitely shift. saw it first <laughs> before everyone. That's probably true. You were born first, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, now this is just about me being old. That's not what I was trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be cool. Now I'm just old. Um, I saw something funny that caught my interest about this band, and that's that they sued a video game for how they looked in the video game. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, in in Band Hero, like uh-huh. the Activision game, like you know, not Guitar Hero, Band Hero. Yeah. In 2009, they sued the game for putting them in it and said. They transform no doubt band members into a virtual karaoke circus act, saying they had them like you know animated and they're singing songs that they didn't sing that they didn't write, um, that the way they had appeared was not like accurate and all this kind of stuff. I think that's so funny. They sued Activision just because they didn't like the way that oh, they looked. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, um, which um, I also didn't didn't know. Uh, Gwen Stefani's personal style was a big um i would say probably a big fashion influence of the 90s too absolutely Um, i so wanted to look like i i I never had taylor you pulled off plaid pants very well (laughs) i still do i don't know if i pull them off very well anymore because i'm in my 30s but you can't take them from me no you still pull off plaid pants very well i owned plaid pants i don't feel like i was ever able to pull them off the way i wanted to like i would look at gwen stefani and think man you look so cool in those plaid pants and you got chains and yeah all the jewelry and the red lipstick with the blonde hair i like but then it was a combo of like the the classic yeah like the the red lipstick the blonde hair the kind of bombshell stuff but then also she wore a lot of sporty attire you know like a lot of like Mm -hmm. track pants and tank tops yeah, I absolutely. I I remember having. You probably remember this outfit because it was like a pair of like navy track pants with a red stripe on them, and it had like a matching T-shirt that had like a panda and some some nonsense on it. And that was yep. like that was my Gwen Stefani outfit. <laughs> I remember that very well. Um, I w- wanted to look at pictures from this era of her mm-hmm. fashion so I could get a sense of what you were talking about, and I found an article titled Eight Times Gwen Stefani Was No Doubt a Style Icon," and the picture on the front of it is her on a red carpet. With her hair dyed bright blue mm-hmm. and very short with little tiny baby buns all over the top of her head. Mm-hmm. She's got some face gems going on. Um, she has a light blue, like, furry bikini top. Yep, yep, yep. With a leather, like, trash bag DIY-looking skirt. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, like, being mean. Like, that's literally what it looks like um, with pants underneath and platform flip-flop sandals. What is that? 
what it what some of these outfits I'm looking at I'm like yeah that rocks like plaid pants I'm seeing like right here this performance with some chains and a like cropped black tank top mm-hmm. um in her combat boots like that looks great this uh sporty look with this cropped like white sports bra with a blue and red stripe on it a lot of, a lot of little white crop tops yeah that was very much those her. all look great but this look I I what is was that a thing like this kind yeah. of like very disjointed like barely close look with platform flip-flops well okay so tops got really small <laughs> um like they like there was the crop top everybody knew about that which I mean, this like, is like a bikini top. Right. And then, like, they kept getting smaller into, like, bandanas. And then the nat- the natural evolution was eventually somebody was just going to walk outside in a bikini. Yeah. Like, that was obviously where we were. Or a bra. Yeah. And so that that was just sort of... And everything was furry for a while. Right. Um, is this kind of like now they say, are you, like, a tiny top, big pants, or tiny pants, big top person? Like, the 90s was just, like, tiny tops, big, big pants. Yeah, I mean, that's true because I wore lots of big pants with baby tees. Right. I, now, I was never one to want to show my midriff, sure. but that was just my personal preference. Mm-hmm. But, like, like a very tight little baby tee. Mm-hmm. Big pants. And big pants. Yeah. And the edge of the tee just barely brushes the top of the pants. There's no... The low-rise pants. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, of course. Yes, because there's no, there's no, like, question, like, do I need to tuck this in or do I need to leave it out? Because they meet exactly where they need to so you don't have to discuss that and you will like have that moment when you're like at school and like you stretch and it lifts up just a little bit just a little bit and you're like hey hey everybody (laughs) look at me um and then you put your arms down real fast so the teacher doesn't see you yeah like there was that you look very excited about remembering that moment Mm -hmm. i do remember this now (laughs) that's a big that was a big moment for sid i think Um, well nowadays you all just wear crop tops yeah we couldn't do but, that. But I mean, back we then. also wear high waisted pants a lot. Yeah. So it's not like you, it's like that. I mean, you show a little bit of midriff, but usually it's like you're wearing a shirt that's cropped to the mm. point where your pants are, you know, no, the, risen up high. So there's not a lot of, you know, in between either. The, the 90s were all about elongating the torso. Yeah. You just want to look like a, it's a lo- like a kind of a, a, a ferret, maybe. Like a, <laughs> a, uh-huh. a ferret and some plaid. All and a, torso. Yeah very long torso like top comes just under the breasts and then bottoms that hang off the hip bones yeah and everything in between is fair game and all of this real estate <laughs> look at all this, this my torso I have. <laughs> so much torso that's how you that's how you establish dominance in the 90s whoever had the most torso available the most torso mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it really was oh man <laughs> but you see like i'm looking back through there were a variety of of shapes of tiny tops that she wore yeah I mean, like, that all accomplished the same goal, which was to show a few look very sports bra-like, which I can see what y'all are saying, like, the sporty look. Yeah. Um, they look like, you know, like a wide strap, kind of, like, really short tank top look. Yeah. Well, and her, her, her sportiness was part of her stage show, too. Like, she would get mm-hmm. down and do push-ups during, like, the, like, oh music break and, like, Just a Girl and stuff. It was very much, like, look, how, great. look how fit I am. I'm, I'm so tough, but I'm a girl. Wow. Yeah. Because she wasn't just, like, it... I mean, it, everybody back then, pri- like there was a cultural prizing of thinness, yeah. uh-huh. but it wasn't about thinness as much for Gwen Stefani. It was fit. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was muscular. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. slim but muscular. And yeah. that was very much part of her image. And all the chains and stuff, like the baggy, like the, that was still calling to like that skater thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Gwen Stefani dressed in a way that you would assume she probably s- skateboarded. <laughs> You would, would make the assumption, hmm, that's quite a few chains, those pants are, are rather large, you must skateboard. Hmm. Now, why is that the most practical thing to wear while skateboarding? I don't know. I didn't make that rule. No. You didn't skateboard. I didn't skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> I did wear those giant pants. Right. But not for skateboarding. I don't think I had chains. I don't think I ever took it that far. Tay, did you have pant chains? Uh, no, I never did. No. And I never got the, the baggy pants either. I was a... Hmm. I, I the the skinny jeans hit yeah when I more like you know dressed more fashionably so I never I never had a big pant phase yeah I mean, my plaid pants were skinny pants it's a nexus of two great fashions right there mm. <laughs> um she did the little buns I like the she little was buns big into the little buns mm. and then the um. I mean, I think what we all have to just say is the unfortunately like culturally insensitive face jewelry yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she, she, like, had dreads a couple times. Like, there's some appropriation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the, face, the face jewelry, though, that really took off yeah. for mm-hmm. people. And not just, like, again, she inappropriately is wearing a bendy, but, like, jewels sort of everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this one look I had just described, she had, like, a heart shape almost that, like, started between her eyebrows and then arched up, you know, into her forehead and then all the way down, like, under her eyes, like, mm-hmm. into her cheeks. Yeah. I mean, the face jewels went wild for a while. Yeah. Well, and looking looking at some of the pictures of her from back then, now there's so many things that I see just like on the streets, like young people with like the platforms, uh, the face mm-hmm. jewels, the hairstyles. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot a, a lot of this is now just on sale in you know stores for young adults. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I. Um, direct a, a kids pre-show for our local theater group and some of the oldest kids are about 16 or 17 so i mean a full like five or six years younger than me and uh i noticed recently a lot of them wearing platform chucks like black and white chuck taylors but with a platform mm-hmm. really really baggy jeans that are low rise though mm-hmm. which was not a, ever a thing for me in my generation we always had the high-waisted they may have been baggy but they were high-waisted low rise baggy jeans and baby tees and they come into rehearsal, and I'm just like, wait, is this now? Because from what I understand, this is from, like, 20 years ago. Yep. Do the baby tees say ironic things? No, a lot of blank ones. A lot of ones that just have, like, a little teeny logo made out of, like, sequins or gems. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, not that again. Did yeah. they say angel? <laughs> Oh, are they going to bring... Remember the ones, uh, Tay, that were, like, r- the t-shirts that were, like, ribbed? And like when you when you took them off, they look like they were tiny, and then you would put them on, oh, and they tiny. somehow got bigger. <laughs> the pop popcorn tees is that what they were called? Well, not the popcorn, the ones that were like ribbed. I have ribbed tees, and the sleeves sort of have like a weird a lettuce edge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no! But like the popcorn tees too. That's... Are mm. those back? Well, everyone loves Gwen Stefani again, apparently. I had so many t-shirts that like you would look at in my drawer and think, is that for a small child? And then I'd put it on and be like, no, look how much it stretches. (laughs) That was just like, that was space age fashion. Like you can fit so many of these in a suitcase. 
It's magic. Well, you have the the shirts have to be small because <laughs> the pants were so big. That's true. That's true. You, did, you didn't have room to put any more, you know, normal size shirts in there. You could pack one pair of Junko jeans for every fifty mm-hmm. tiny t shirts. That was that was the style. That was those were my drawers for a while. Which is weird because the '90s started with I remember the coolest girls I knew wore stirrup pants. You know what stirrup pants are? I don't think so. They're I mean they're leggings. They're stretch pants. They're leggings, but they have a little stirrup oh, that goes under the under, foot. Okay, then yeah, yeah, to okay. hold them in place. Yeah. So the coolest girls I knew when I was little wore stirrup pants and giant t-shirts that you would tie up on one side yeah. with like either a scrunchie or a clip or something yeah. that was like dj tanner yeah classic look and then that's exactly true as i got older into my teen years the shirts got smaller the pants got bigger until we were all wearing jenko jeans and mm-hmm. baby tees you know with ironic things on them and then we we fought back we got normal size t-shirts and i mean granted the jeans were skinny but they were you know they they weren't low-waisted they weren't high-waisted yes. they were just pants straight leg and now, now that's no good anymore. All that work you undone. All couldn't be happy with that. I love my high waisted pants. Wow! Give me the highest waist possible, all the way up to my ribs. <laughs> that's just a oh, jumpsuit. I yeah, I, I just exactly. can't get on board. I've tried. I can't get on board. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a mom in my thirties. Like, I'm not going to do low rise. <laughs> I'm um, not going to do low rise. I see people wearing them now. I'm like, what do you? We move past this as a society. You I, don't have to do this. I showed my butt crack to everybody when I was a teenager. <laughs> I don't need to do it now. Yeah. Um, but mid rise is as high as I will go. I will go no higher. <laughs> well, well, I'm a big fan. Well, anyway, the high waist. What do you think of No Doubt before we? Wrap I really up liked here? it. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's it's definitely different. A lot of these bands i'll listen to that are you know from you all um have very like reminiscent sounds of current music but obviously like not as modernized Mm -hmm. um this was very different than a lot of modern music that i listen to and also a lot of the other music that i've listened to with you all um which i wasn't exactly expecting because i know gwen stefani so i guess i was just expecting like what i knew from her Mm -hmm. um like hollaback girl yeah but uh yeah i really enjoyed it Sid, what was, I mean, this was your choice. What was your, what, um, what's your favorite song of this album? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard. I, I guess when I was younger, um, Just a Girl was the one that I blasted the most often. Um, in retrospect, like, songs like Sunday Morning, I, I enjoy really more. Um, but I think, like, if, you know, at the time, I, on a loop for me where Don't Speak just a girl and spider webs. Mm. What about you, Tay? Uh, yeah, definitely. Don't speak in spider webs. Um, I don't know. I mean, the whole album is good, but I think the I was. I mean, I was a little bit below the demographic, so that the radio mm-hmm. hits were the ones that I really enjoyed. I still, and I think I've told this story before, but I still remember getting a an, an angry note passed to me in class from one of my friends, just with the lyrics of "Don't speak." And oh my gosh <laughs> that's so Perfect. 90s i love it the note passing class like no doubt oh, lyrics. no she sent me no doubt lyrics i'm in trouble <laughs> what was your favorite song um 
I like Just a Girl because it makes me feel like I'm in like the opening montage of my own movie. Mm. Um, but I did like Sunday Morning mm-hmm. a lot. I think that one was maybe my favorite. So, well, Riley's lawyering on Capitol Hill with Just a Girl in the background. That's exactly the image, right. Yeah. Like that's the kind of song that like if I'm walking to an exam or something right now, like I think like walking across campus will usually try to turn on a song that like hypes me up before I take a test or like mm-hmm. I don't know, before I give a presentation. Like that's the kind of song I'd listen to. It's going in the playlist. Yep. Yeah. That definitely gets you gets you pumped. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ready to take on the patriarchy. Exactly. Uh well thank you both. I enjoyed listening to I, I won't say that that album isn't in my regular rotation already. Oh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like usually I have to but, set aside time to, to listen to whatever we're listening to. And for me, it's like, well, I just listen to these songs a lot. So, I'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> same. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you both. What's next, Tay? Uh, we're going to have a very different direction. Um, I'm going to bring a, a psychological anime movie to the table. Uh, Perfect Blue. It came out in 97. It was directed by uh, Satoshi Khan. And it is a uh, it, warning. It's disturbing. But um, it's one of my favorites. It's really kind of a, I think, a critically acclaimed anime so check it out awesome well then we will check it out yeah all right well thank you both uh if you have not heard of (laughs) no doubt if you are young like riley and you didn't know that gwen stefani was originally in a band called no doubt that made a lot of great songs like just a girl and don't speak um you should check out the album tragic kingdom by no doubt um and thank you uh, to Maximum Fun. You should go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great podcasts there. You can email us at stillbuffering at MaximumFun.org. Uh, or you can tweet at us at stillbuff. And thank you to, to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, You Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am too. Oh my god, it's like Magic Kingdom, but tragic. Oh, I just got that as you said it. Oh, just now? Just now. I really, as you said, closing out, like, listen to Tragic Kingdom, I was like, Magic Kingdom, oh my god. I don't know if you wanted that to go on the public record. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I just got it. (laughs) Oh. Oh, no. Carrie, is it? Oh, yes. Hi, I'm Carrie. I am Psychic Ross, and I will be reading you this evening. Oh, interesting. Well, okay. I co-host a podcast. It's called Ono, Ross, and Carrie. Yes, I'm sensing that. The spirits are telling me. It is a show about Well, it's about like fringe science and spirituality and claims of the paranormal. Oh, you knew that. You do research online. But more importantly, like we do in-person investigations. In-person investigate as well. Oh, my God. That's amazing. See? Me and my friend. This is so weird. My friend Ross. Same name as you. Weird. He and I just go and try them all out. And actually, we've gone to a number of psychics. And to be honest with you, it's a lot like this. It's called Ono, Ross, and Carrie. They can find it at MaximumFun.org. I could have told you that. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.